Hey guys, welcome back to Story Lab. This is Kati Hogarth, and in this episode, I'm speaking to Shelley McSpedden, who is the senior curator of the Shepparton Art Museum. For those of you who don't know, the Shepparton Art Museum, or SAM, is one of regional Australia's leading art museums, and it just had a brand new home built for it, which is going to be one of the area's most beautiful landmarks and definitely an attraction. Um, so the museum isn't officially opening to the public until October 2021, but we're going to chat to Shelley about what this new hub is and what it means for the local community. I think it's a natural part of a creative process, doubt. It has, you have to have doubt because that's what um, pushes you to really do your best work. I think if you go into a project it's absolutely knowing from the beginning, I mean maybe some people are like that, but I think most artists have to go through a process and the doubt is inevitably part of that process. So part of a, a curator is helping them hold their nerve through that, you know, and, and, find, and kind of, yeah, find the best result out of that. Yeah, I, um, I love hearing you speak about this because sometimes, um, I guess as an outsider who doesn't work within a museum environment, um, when you hear the term museum curator, it can sound maybe a little bit lofty, um, perhaps a bit of an unapproachable role. So hearing you speak about that and how it's a uh, support. Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously it's, I think different curators bring different things, you know, have, have different focuses. Um, but I think for me that interpersonal relationship with an artist and making sure they have all the things they need to do their best work is you know a primary kind of value of what I do for me. And so you you came to work at Sam this past June um, yeah. and so in your role as a senior curator here um, what are you doing what are you overseeing um, are you deciding what exhibitions are going to get shown um, can you talk a little yeah, bit about sure. how it works? So, um, at SAM, we have a relatively small curatorial team. So Rebecca Coates, who's our director, is also our artistic director, which means she has, you know, input into kind of the overarching creative vision of our institution and, and what we do. Um, we have myself as a senior curator and I sort of run the curatorial team. Uh, we have Belinda Briggs, who's actually been here for quite a long time, and she's our curator of Indigenous. And we have a new curator coming forward next week, which is very exciting. Um, Jess O'Farrell, Jessica O'Farrell, um, and she's coming on as our exhibitions curator. So we have different projects assigned to each of us. So there's specific exhibitions that we take responsibility for. Often we're co-curating, so we're working with one other person on an exhibition. But then we have a lot of collaboration within our team. So although I might be curating a particular exhibition, I'll also be talking about the team, showing them things I'm doing or thinking through, and they'll you know talk to me about it and how it's going and you know, give suggestions and workshop things, which is wonderful, it's amazing, so you don't feel like you're off on your own doing something totally random. Um, and I think it brings out the best in all of us. Uh, you're doing a lot of practical things like budgets and timelines and all of those things and... All the fun stuff. All the fun <laughs> stuff, yeah, not so fun. You're doing a lot of research. I mean, the fun, the really fun stuff is the research. It's the talking to the artists, it's doing studio visits, it's, um, you know, researching artworks that are in shows and writing about them. Um, is writing catalogue essays, you know, all of the, the kind of creative thinking is the really fun stuff. Although I have to tell you, I do get quite satisfied when my budget balances and it's, you know, working to, going to plan. Um, I think the <laughs> other main thing that we do is work with um, Neil, who's our museum technician, on all of the practical stuff in the exhibition, like all the furnishings and all the hanging point, you know, all of those things of how do we get this show up and, yeah. and going. 
Really interested to hear a little bit more about um, sort of your curatorial philosophy and um, the projects that you like working on in terms of community and, and um, politics and sort of sort sure. of bringing that voice. Um, so can you tell me a little bit, um, yeah, drawing from that, um, is that a perspective or a philosophy that you're going to be bringing to Sam? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so as I said, I am interested in how art engages sort of in the world outside. And I think that was one of the big draw cards for me to come here. Um, I think um, regional contexts are really interesting because I think that cultural institutions have a strong mandate to engage their community and, and a real focus on servicing their community, you know, and I think in meaningful ways. I think they have the potential for really big impact um, on their local community. So I think that's a really exciting space. But also the way that this museum is really um, evolving and what's planning to happen as we move forward, you know, um, there's a big focus on our engagement with the varying communities that are in Shepparton. So Shepparton is such an interesting place because it is so multicultural. You know, there are really an incredible mix of cultures here um, from all over the world, but also a hugely strong Aboriginal community. Um, Yorta Yorta and other communities um, within this area and you know one of the great privileges of this building is having Kayla Arts here as well so they have their studio and their um, exhibition space downstairs and you know we hope to partner with them a lot on future projects but also as an institution we're doing things like our Aboriginal engagement plan um, we're working on a lot of exhibitions and unfortunately until I open I can't be very specific about what those are but exhibitions that, you know, intentionally engage with local communities or are designed to speak to local communities, you know. Um, and even things like in this new building, we have, we're commissioning a whole lot of work about our local context. But we've also got things like the new community gallery, a dedicated community space, which is to showcase the work of local artists oh, and creatives. Amazing. So that's, you know, I, I like as an outsider coming into this space, the thing that really impressed me was the way that this building and also the organisation is conceiving of itself as a community hub mm. and its responsibility to the local community to do meaningful things for them um, that enhance their life. And I think that is really exciting, you know, and a really strong focal point for this organisation. Yeah, that's amazing just having having that space and, and, and providing that sort of platform and and yeah space for people to actually like come together and and express themselves and also you know like hopefully help them develop as well and yeah, their absolutely. creative practice. Yeah so I mean it's interesting I can tell you a little bit about some of the things we'll be doing in that community space. Um, we'll be doing EOIs of expressions of interest so people can submit you know an application and whether it's a group or an individual artist and they can show in that space. And we'll also be doing spotlights, so showcasing particular artists that we've identified in the local area and supporting them with curatorial support and um, you know marketing and all of those things to present their work. And that will really help enhance their career, you know, presenting it. I mean, the gallery is stunning. So even just presenting it in like a really honestly, like, you know, first class museum space, yeah just gives so much opportunity, I think, to local creatives. And I think that helps build up a creative culture that can be really powerful. Absolutely. And um, yeah, and sort of 
fostering that sense of inclusivity as well and making people feel welcome and like hey this is actually part of like this belongs to you as well and so come and in a sense make yourself at home come and be friends absolutely (laughs) absolutely and like even just having this incredible setting that we're in you know at the lake it's like why would you not come here all the time you know and we really want people to feel like this is a place that is absolutely open to them you know and it's for everyone to come you mentioned identifying artists in the region Mm -hmm. um, that can apply for like the expressions of interest and stuff like that how do you guys go about identifying those people like how does someone get on your radar yeah sure i mean it is i mean the the community space and the eoi will actually be a great way to get on our radar because we'll have we're going to have a committee it'll basically be open once a year and we'll have a committee that will you know look through all the applications and discuss them so that i guess is one kind of formalized way that you can do that i think it's also obviously we're constantly looking for new work and it's like, it's partly word of mouth, it's partly like what people are seating around the space. Um, you know, there's lots of artists run spaces in Melbourne, for example, that we would go to and have a look at, you know, so, and I know that like Shepfest, for example, there's creatives working that. So it's like taking different opportunities you can to find forums for your work. Um, I think um, Instagram and websites are also really important, you know, in, in a way of kind of, when you've done work, often exhibitions are very short-lived, and so they're an opportunity um, to kind of document so that you know people have more of a chance to see the work. And I think like I'm actually really, I'd have to say Instagram is such an important um, forum for me to just kind of get an overview of all sorts of things that are happening, you know, in the art world, in the creative world. Yeah, that's um, really interesting to hear. And I think it's really used in our industry a lot. Um, you know, I think different industries have. Someone, someone recently said something to me about promoting some art event on um, LinkedIn. Mm. I was like, oh no, no, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's not how my industry works. But Instagram is actually something that we really do use a lot. Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting, right? Um, it's that we do spread information through that channel. And so, Instagram, do you search for any hashtags in particular? <laughs> No, no, it would probably, it's sort of one of those little warrens, right? It's like someone posts about something and then I look at that hashtag or I look at that, you know, Ash and I follow that and then it leads me down a little trail. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's how I use it, yeah. Yeah. And so in terms of like, um, say we're speaking of a particular artist and um, they're great on Instagram. Yes. Um, So what's the value of having a website? Like when would you actually try to jump on their website? What information would you So Instagram is, I would say, like a little flag going, hi, I'm here. Yeah. And then I think the website's more of like an introduction to who you really are, you know? And it can like, because an image can look great on Instagram and I'm like, cool but then what else, you know? So the website's important because it can give me a bit more context about who they are and, you know, the depth of their practice or how ideas evolve through their practice over multiple projects. Often on websites there's great, you know, links to articles, like there's all sorts of resources that they can access about that artist through the website, which are really useful in terms of me giving, like giving me a bit more context about, you know, what where they're situating their practice, you know, who their audiences are, what they're trying to do. Um, I mean, obviously I would never just go from a website to an artist, but it will help, it helps like inform that early kind of research process, you know, yeah. and going, oh, I don't know this artist. Who is this artist? What are they doing? Okay, oh, okay, look what they've been doing over these years and these are some of the ideas that they're playing with and these are some of the spaces they're showing in. And then that would probably either lead to me wanting to go and see exhibitions they're in mm-hmm. or 
contacting them about maybe going and seeing some of their work in real life or go to a studio visit or something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and that's been one of the things that I've sort of been speaking to the artists that we've been working on is, um, yeah, Instagram is great and it, it's a great glimpse of someone's portfolio. Yes. Um, but people also want to know who you are and what you stand for. Totally, and absolutely. And I think the website's a, a good way to kind of build that positioning yep. you know so yeah I guess we were talking about COVID and and how we've all sort of well not all of us but a lot of us have just adapted to sort of tell our stories online a little bit better um, and we know that the arts and um, events sector were particularly impacted um, because of COVID um, so do you have any thoughts like moving forward in terms of Sam and um, the kind of work that you all are going to be doing here? Um, how is that going to help um, the creative industry locally recover in some way, aside from the support that you guys are going to be, you know, like providing that hub and providing that space for people? Can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? Well, I think, I think there's no doubt that an organization like this and the scale of this new building is going to be a huge tourist attraction. So, you know, um, we've you've got our local audiences and our local mandate, but there's also this idea of creating something that is distinct to our region that attracts people to this region. And I think that will have huge, well, strong economic benefits for our local community, you know? Yeah. And there's all the kind of supporting things that occur with that as well, you know? Like, whether it's hotel rooms or food, or, you know, like the fact that we've got these great cafe downstairs, you know, all of these things have economic benefits, I guess, yeah, you know, um, which is, I guess there's been a huge interest in cultural institutions and how they revitalise or energise communities and economies throughout the world, you know, and we look down at Mona as a key, you know, as an example of that and what it can do. So that's, I guess, one thing. Yeah, I guess it's going to be a really huge draw card, you know, because like, um, I don't know, you know, I was living in Melbourne previously to, to moving here, and you sort of you sort of um, hear about Shepparton in a particular light. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of regional areas um, around Australia, like they get a bit of a bad rap, mm. <laughs> and so um, or or just a very general rap in terms of like, oh yeah, Shepparton well, is the fruitability. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's just about agriculture. There's yeah, nothing else yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah. Um, obviously like super excited about having the museum here and, and what that means for the community but also also just to to set this place apart yeah you know in terms of that and maybe that goes back to your question about COVID like I think one of the things that is has happened a little bit after COVID is maybe a shift of focus away from metropolitan areas like people have been kind of you know, me moving to regional areas more and maybe more interested in the local context of different places, you know? And I guess, yeah, something like this helps that focus, you know, and helps people understand the nuances of what Shep is and can be, you yeah. know? And yeah, like Shep is an amazing place. Yeah. There are lots of incredible stories here, you know, that I think, as you say, people in Melbourne are probably completely oblivious to, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe, and I guess another thing about COVID and, you know, going to digital platforms, et cetera, something that we did notice is that often the tyranny of distance means that people in regional areas 
can't participate in things that are happening in metropolitan areas or vice versa. So, you know, people in Melbourne aren't going to be coming to events that we hold physically. But what we noticed during COVID was because we were doing things digitally, we were having these like quite interesting dialogues with people in all parts of Australia and people from all parts of Australia were attending things that we were doing online and vice versa. So actually it opens up a much more kind of um, dynamic kind of dialogue between yeah. those spaces. So that was kind of, we, we thought that that was really interesting for regional spaces and could be a really positive thing about, you know, a kind of a decentering of attention, I guess, from those big metropolitan areas. You know, obviously you worked for Acme and you worked for um, Muma. Yeah, a mama. Yeah. Mama. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit of debate over how you... Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was a Monash University... Museum of Art. Museum yes. of Art, yeah. Mm. Um, can you explain to me, like, the difference between a metro museum and a regional museum? Um, I think, look, I think every museum's different in a way. Every museum has a different focal point and, you know, a mandate. I think the thing about working in a regional museum is, I think that thing about, you know, you can see that it will have... You can see the impact that it can, it, it, the possibility of the impact it can have, you know, the potential for it to have a really meaningful impact on the local community. I also think that as a curator, you have to think really clearly about the audience. Like you feel a real responsibility to both represent the local community well, but also to really try to understand who they are so that you can present shows that are interesting and meaningful for them because mm. the, there aren't as many other options for them to go to. Mm. So you, I think there is more of a responsibility, well, I feel more of a responsibility to really understand the audiences that we are talking to, yeah. you know? I can imagine there, like you guys would be working across quite a spectrum in terms of like the audiences. Yeah, well, as you say, it's a very diverse mix in, in Shepparton. And I think we have a real responsibility to find ways to connect with different audiences, you know, acknowledging that there's a really different, you know, that Shepparton is so diverse, that it's important that we can speak to different age groups, different cultural backgrounds, you know, that that all of those, that, those people in, the, in that makeup feel like there's something here for them, yep. you know? Yeah. Oh, so, so we've talked about where you go to find like fresh work and, and how people can get on your radar. Um, yeah, I guess in, in talking about Sam and, and, and just the fact that we're sort of, we're catering to the local community um, and the surrounding community, um, how can we get people excited to come here from, from metro areas? Mm, that's a good question. I guess, I, I look, I think people from Metro, I think it's that idea of us, of Shepherd and, and, and the Goulburn Valley region, you know, building up a kind of confident sense of who it is and, you know, feeling confident about, say, you know, t taking a, a stake in that and, you know, claiming it and owning it. And then I think people are just will naturally come here once they understand, you know, what it is. Yeah also not not trying to be Melbourne just like embracing who she, you know like who the Goulburn Valley is like its own identity and its own thing because it's I mean it's a really great place and um, I think once people yeah have have those experiences they'll be back yeah yeah this episode was made possible thanks to the support of Creative Victoria and the Fairley Foundation <laughs>